Argentina fans are celebrating as they progress to the knockouts as group winners in Group C after a 2-0 win over Poland. Special scenes for them there. Welcome into the latest edition of the show, Kay Murray. Ali Moreno, Frank Lipov, and Shakir Islav. You have something to share with us, Frank? Yeah, sometimes you have to shave a little bit, you hump it. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen, Welcome, everybody. It is a free world. I'm Let sorry. Me tell you that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they were in for quite the show. Argentina are through to the knockouts, as are Poland, who they beat 2 0 on the night. Goals from Alexis McAllister and Julian Alvarez, following a missed penalty by Lionel Messi, a saved penalty by Wojciech Szczesny should I say. It ended up being a huge moment for Poland and their goal difference despite their loss in this game. But a completely dominant Argentina. Poland offering pretty much nothing but still making it through to the next round. This is how Group C is shaping up now. Argentina finishing as winners. It was a massive turnaround after their opening day defeat. Mexico's 2-1 win over Saudi Arabia was not enough at the conclusion of that game. Tata Martino's contract as Mexico coach has also been terminated. Poland uh, through, and it's Mexico and Saudi Arabia who miss out. Let's welcome in Jan Agafiotov. But let me start with you, Ali Moreno. It was a really bad start for Argentina, but fair play to them. They completely turned it around. Yes, they did. And today was potentially the best game they've had so far. Some changes that Scaloni made that I thought made a whole lot of sense was Enzo Fernandez started today that gave some freedom uh, in the midfield because he now became an outlet. Then you had Rodrigo de Paul higher up the field. That way, if he was turning the ball over, which he did again today, he was turning the ball higher up the field. As the inclusion for Julian Alvarez, I also thought that made a difference for Argentina because of his movement, sometimes playing opposite of Di Maria, sometimes playing down the middle. That ability of Julian Alvarez to move the level of uh, activity that he provides for this team in the final third also made a difference for Argentina. And then Messi having the free roll to pick his his spots and his spaces, where to pop in, where to play the ball through. Sometimes we saw Messi today, which we haven't seen a lot of him in this World Cup, running with the ball, running at defenders. Final product wasn't quite there, but from Argentina's perspective, this could have been a stressful performance, and it was not. A lot of that has to do with Poland, but give credit to Argentina. They've turned it around, and now they're in a good position going into the knockout stage. Is this the Argentina, Frank, that we were expecting to see coming into this tournament? Definitely. We were all disappointed by the two uh, uh, previous performances, but what they showed today is uh, clearly uh, a team who can uh, make Shaka change uh, his prediction again. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I saw what I wanted to see, you know, uh, stability, uh, performances and energy to go forward. And they, they had so many chances, I don't know, 23 uh, shots and, uh, and they scored goals and they were, they were going forward, they were slow. It was absolutely what we were looking for, yeah. It is it enough to turn around your prediction that you've already turned around now against Argentina? <laughs> no, because I, I can't deal with this ribbing anymore. I'm, I'm sticking with my turnaround pick of Brazil. Um, listen, I, I, yes, I, I think without question this is, is, is Argentina's best performance. Um, saying that, I, I remember the, the concern after the Saudi Arabia game that this Argentina team was too young. and and. No, nothing about, about that performance or, or, or anything since um, has, has co or could contradict that any further. You have Alvarez and McAllister at 22 and 23 years old being the goal scorers, being the difference makers in this game today. And Fernandez um, scoring the, the second goal against Mexico. 
And that's what you want to see from Argentina. I think that's when they're at their best. That's when Lionel Messi is at his best. When the talented players recognize their own talents and the roles that they have to play. My complaint around too many of Argentina's standout stars are that whenever they get the ball, it seems that their only thought is, where's Lionel Messi? How can I get the ball to him? When I think... Messi benefits from those players playing their own natural games, stretching defences and providing those, those spaces in between the lines that Lionel Messi likes to, likes to drift into. If more of Argentina's players play as their youngsters have over the last couple of games, this is a team capable of going far. I'm just not that confident in some of their established talents to do that. Yeah, and as for Poland, did Robert Lewandowski even need to be there today? <laughs> uh, well, 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 well asked. I mean, uh, Poland was very weak today, and they were lucky to go through. I also followed the other game with Mexico. Mexico were very close to get more goals, uh, so Poland must see themselves lucky to to go through today. And I think my favorite before the World Cup. Thank God Argentina have come back because the balance in the team is brilliant. But I think Lewandowski, now is the time, the knockout stages, that you see we can, we can take the teams in this World Cup between those who have passion, those who have not passion, those who have good goal scorers, those who have no uh, have goal scorers. And I think that Lewandowski now coming into the knockout stage will find himself again. Frank, the penalty decision for Lionel Messi when Argentina had the penalty. What did you make first of that decision? Well, for me, it was, uh, it was a farce, you know, because he touches the ball, uh, the ball is already away. Uh, so, yes, there is a contact, but you cannot say that without that contact, Messi will have scored the goal because the ball was already gone. So, I was yeah. told that because the ball is still on play, even if it's going somewhere outside, you have to consider that's a real uh, foul and it's, uh, it's a penalty. If the law says that, you have to accept the law. But for me, it's kind of a joke, you know, because it, nowadays it's like you cannot touch anybody. There is contact. Of course there is contact. It's a contact sport. But it cannot be uh, punished every time. Uh, Chesney said afterwards that it was dreadful, awful and wonderful. And he felt that the game lasted five hours. <laughs> it, it, it was a really important save though, wasn't it, Chesney? Yeah, it, it, it was. And, and it was an outstanding save from Chesney, a goalkeeper who is incredibly talented, if a little bit inconsistent. And, and I think that maybe is taking some of the shine off of exactly how good a, a goalkeeper he is. But he showed it all today and, and, um, and, and Poland desperately needed it. If that game lasted five hours, the last five minutes had to last four hours and 55 minutes because <laughs> it was everything was so on edge for, for Poland, who eventually go through, and of course in Mexico in, in the other game. Everything even in terms of goal difference, goal score, the head-to-head, -head, Poland had the edge in terms of conceding uh, or receiving less, less yellow cards. That forced Mexico to go out and, and have to try to find a third against Saudi Arabia. Maybe that's why they conceded late on as, as they did. And of course, if Argentina scored a third, um, Poland, Poland would be out. So there was just yeah. so much at play in, in, those closing, in those closing moments that two or three yellow cards could change who goes through yeah, exactly. and, and, and who doesn't. And it, it was thrilling. So from a Poland perspective, you understand why it feels... As it did, and for Szczesny in particular, who by far was was, was Poland's best player on, on the day, you, you do. Sympathize. I have to tell you, honestly, watching Poland play today, from a professional perspective, was embarrassing. It, it's we've been critical of teams that have played not to lose. Well, 
Poland actually took a step further. Mm. Poland actually told those teams that were playing not to lose, hold my beer. <laughs> because they were playing not not to lose, they were playing to lose, but by the least amount of goals possible. That, honestly, while it worked, and, and people would say, listen, they're, they're, they're through. Okay, I understand that in the end, this is a results business. But there was an opportunity for Poland to perhaps, at the very least, threaten to maybe go on the counter. They said no to the counter attack right around, I would say, minute number two. That was about <laughs> yeah. it. They refuse, refuse the idea of engaging Argentina. And so now they're depending on Saudi Arabia. They're depending on Mexico. They're depending on Argentina not scoring goals because Argentina had multiple chances. Lautaro Martinez had a chance. Lionel Messi had a chance. They cleared the ball off the line. And so I assume that, yes, it's great because they, they actually make it to the next round. But they don't deserve to be in the next round. But, mm. The way okay. they approached it, it was embarrassing. Bonian. Yeah, I think we should criticize ourselves as well a bit because when we have made the evaluation of Poland, we're only thinking of Robert Lewandowski. But if you have a clear look at the squad of Poland, if you go through the players they have on the bench, what they can put in and what they have in the team, they have Szelinski, of course, playing for Napoli. He's doing well there. And then, but they have Lewandowski. And I think sometimes, I think that before this World Cup, we were too, or I, I wasn't on Denmark, and we'll probably talk about that later. But Poland, if you have a look at their team, there's not many good players. So I think that we, we there's a lot of playing hiding themselves behind Lewandowski. There was nothing to say. I agree with Al, today they were terrible. Uh, but uh, they are not much better than they are. I mean, Mexico, as good as Poland, maybe they should have uh, passed them. And that, I think that we have to criticize ourselves a bit, uh, Al. But, but, Shaka, why are you not convinced to change your mind again on your original pick, Argentina? <laughs> Um, for all the reasons I've been expressing for the last few days, I, I have concerns about Argentina and too Still many after this game. I, I, too many of their players not willing to play their own natural games in this in, in this team. And again, when Saudi Arabia asked questions of Argentina that they weren't expecting, they weren't able to adjust. You contrast that, and I and, know and we could level maybe a similar criticism around France today, but they made a ton of changes. I know Frank will get to that later on. And similarly, Brazil, um, who are yet to play their third game, of course. But you just feel that those two teams, France and Brazil, and if everything goes according to plan, Argentina meet Brazil in the semi-final. And maybe we, we see how, how, how that fares. But I just feel Brazil are better equipped for somebody who throws up something that they're not expecting, that an adjustment is needed, that game management is needed. I, I just don't think Argentina has shown that. And how is that different than when we started the tournament? Because when we started the tournament, you were picking Argentina. I, I, well, I was picking Argentina, one, because I thought, um, given the run that they were on, they were better equipped or, or certainly playing most of, the, most of the players play with more confidence than you'd seen so far. And just keeping in mind, I, I really feel that Argentina's kind of big hurdle was going far in tournaments, going all the way in tournaments, I, I should say, not far, not just far, but going all the way in tournaments. And then they proved that they could in the Copa America. And I, I just felt I expected so much more from Argentina. Now, keep in mind, they go through top of the group, absolutely, um, and, and, and that's, that's to be applauded. You can make the comparisons with Spain 2010. 
absolutely you, you can do that. But as we look at this group, and, and again, with, with some of those concerns, mm. you lose to Saudi Arabia, and then you beat two teams who are there trying to, on, on damage limitation for 90 minutes. Mexico and Poland had no interest in winning the games. They were just there on damage limitation ex exercises, and those are the two games. So I, I don't think those two tests have disproved my concern um, that Saudi Arabia raised in the first. What I think it was important from Argentina's perspective today was the fact that, okay, Lionel Messi misses a penalty. Chechnya makes a save. And we have seen this before from Messi in a World Cup against Iceland in 2018, where he missed a penalty and then he went hiding. He went missing the rest of the game. That wasn't the case today. And the fans themselves, he misses a penalty and the fans you could hear Messi, Messi. They know how important, how critically important Messi is for this team. And not only for the team in terms of results, but for the team so that you have those guys that you just mentioned actually play a more important role. So I thought it was critically important as well from Argentina's perspective today that when they scored the goals today, it wasn't because Messi was involved. It's Nahuel Molina who plays the ball back to McAllister. So there's no Messi involvement there. It's Julian Alvarez with a good turn inside the 18-yard box and finishing those chances. The fact that they're not depending on Messi which we saw in the Saudi Arabia game. When things went south in the Saudi Arabia game, they're looking around like, okay, where, where, where did he go? Where's Messi? Where's Messi? Where's Messi? That wasn't quite the case today. And that, I think, sets up Argentina for success late into this competition. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply, need to hire, you need Indeed. Oh, well, the other game in that group was Mexico against Saudi Arabia. And uh, we're going to take a look at how that game went. And a reminder to you that ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. Heartbreaking ending for Mexico despite that 2-1 win. Goals from Henry Martin and Luis Chavez. They needed a third to leapfrog Poland into second on goal difference. But a late Saudi Arabia goal did not help them. Ended those hopes. And, of course, it didn't go their way in the other game. With that save from Wojciech says, uh, Chesney, that definitely helped Poland out. I have to play guilty for that. <laughs> because I cursed Denmark, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, I cursed Canada. Uh -huh. And the last five minutes of the game, because I knew that we needed a goal from either of the teams, you know, to change the, the table. Uh -huh. 
I, I switched my sh channel uh -huh. to the Mexican game. Oh, oh there you go. Two minutes after they conceded the goal. <laughs> the oh Frank my God. Curse. They're both cursed. The Frank curse. And joining us now, oh. we have oh. And poor Sebi Salazar. Hey. And a lucky day for you and for Mexico, Seb. Yeah, and, and now we know who to blame. Here we were hammering Tata Martino. <laughs> well, you were blaming this is Frank Leboeuf. You were blaming Messi. Yeah, well, Messi would have converted his penalty. It might have been a uh, a very different situation there. Look, I I'll admit this. This is the first time in my life, before a Mexico World Cup game, where I felt nothing. And that's after the Argentina game. To me, this tournament was effectively over. There was such a litany of things that had to happen for Mexico to have a shot in this game. I'd really abandoned hope which makes what happened then all the worse. Because as they start to come to life in the second half, those two goals come in five minutes, and at the same time, you know, to kind of pull back the curtain, the setup here is all of ESPN Mexico and us watching Mexico, and all of ESPN Argentina watching that game, literally five feet apart, Argentina's starting to rein it in, and they're up 2 nothing. And so there's about half an hour there where Mexico is hammering the Saudi goal. All they need is one to fall, two fall, but they're disallowed correctly. Uh, and you're just waiting for Argentina because Argentina had their chances as well. And as that half hour marched on and on and on and on, my hope grew. Yeah. I, I, was, I, was, I was experiencing an unexpected sweat. I, that Mexico had a chance uh, in this. And in the end, um, it's not the horrific ending that it could have been for Mexico to this World Cup, but it's still a failure and I still have to go back to the two prior games because that's really where they didn't do enough. To Shaka's point, you know, Mexico effectively against Argentina, much like Poland, setting up in a shell. Just please don't hurt us. Please yeah. don't hurt us. We're going to lose, but let's not lose that. Had Mexico played the way that they played today, and obviously I know Saudi Arabia and Argentina are different levels, although Saudi Arabia did beat Argentina. Perhaps Mexico could have got something from that Argentina match. And further, had Mexico played the way they did today against Poland, they definitely would have gotten more out of that match. And Tata Martino, in, in a moment of desperation, finally, finally showed some flexibility as a manager. He's been stubborn throughout with his player decisions, with his tactics, and finally today, when there's literally, you gotta have not just a win, you gotta score by multiple goals and get a, a four goal, goal difference swing. He finally made some changes and looked, it worked. As we said on Football America, though, too little, too late. And this feels like a second heartbreak. You know, I, I was already, I was, I, was, I was okay after Argentina. I, I was fine that they were going out. This is just cruel. Yeah, uh, to paint a picture of what Seb was like during this matchup, uh, not only was he trying to count the goals, he was praying and hoping that Poland would get more yellow cards. He was already looking at fair play tiebreakers, uh, as the rest of my uh, colleagues here at ESPN Deportes were. It really was a tense matchup, but you said it. That empty feeling you have inside, that's called Tata Martino. And that's what Tata Martino has been the last two years for the Mexican national team. His stubbornness not to look at other players, and you could say the pool is very limited, and that's a fair statement. There's some truth to that, yeah. There is a lot of truth to that. But some of these players, Tata Martino, his loyalty to him really cost him. H.H. Uh, Hector Herrera towards the end of this uh, cycle not being the same player. Hector Moreno uh, on the latter side of, of 30, really a detriment at times to that back line. Not having players like Luis Chavez introduced into this setup much more earlier. Leaving players player. like Diego Linus, who's a 1v1 specialist. And I know he wasn't playing much, but 
This is a limited weekend pool. You need players that can make a difference. He was my number one sub coming off the bench for Mexico. He was left at home with Santiago Jimenez, who's the leader of Europa League right now. So there are a lot of things that we can put on the limited player pool, but Tata Martino essentially, and Shaka mentioned it, and I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about it, Against Poland, they had one chance. That was yeah. Henry Martin, a little flick that Chesney did very well. And against Argentina, they had never played in a line of five and with two nines that aren't nines. Never in his four-year history with Mexico had he done that formation, done that personnel, played these players together. And it seemed like when he finally was backed into a corner, he put the lineup in the formation that everybody expected. And it was, as everybody expected, a much more attacking team in El Tri, but it was too little too late. Uh, and then the dagger from Saudi Arabia came in the final minutes, and that was it. If I could just tag something that Herc says there, you talk about his loyalty to guys. There's also the, the, the other side of that is unwillingness to bring in new guys, right? And the two that you mentioned for me, Diego Lainez and Santiago Jimenez, I think we can obviously add Chicharito Hernandez to that list as well as, as guys that aren't here that could have been. But those two guys specifically, when Mexico needs another goal late in that game, they bring in Raul Jimenez, who is less than 30% of what he was pre-injury. And Charlie Rodriguez. And Charlie Rodriguez, who hasn't had a good, I mean, he had a brief run of decent form in Liga Mekis, but Two years ago. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. And so those are your options off the bench when you need a goal, when there are guys, you know, sitting at home watching. I mean, everything about Tata Martino in this tournament is unforgivable from the tactics to the personnel decisions. And it's just a huge disappointment. Ali? Well, a few days ago, I had a back and forth with Seb and following the uh, Poland match, <laughs> in which I felt was a wasted opportunity for Mexico. He felt very optimistic, and felt like that was a positive result for Mexico. So what is it? <laughs> because now you're telling me that they didn't do enough against Poland. Yes, of course they didn't do enough against Poland. And this is what I've been saying all along. They did not do enough against Poland. The fact that you did your job, actually, you beat Saudi Arabia, and losing to Argentina, when you're budgeting a group, losing to Argentina is not why you're out of the World Cup. You're out of the World Cup because against Poland, a very limited Polish team, you were not able to create enough chances and actually take risks going forward enough to where you can score goals. That's why Mexico is out. Not because they didn't score enough goals against Saudi Arabia tonight. Wait a kick a man while he's down, LA. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just asking a question. I'm just asking a question. <laughs> Go on, Seb. I didn't, know, I didn't know Mexico was going to set up for nothing in the game against Argentina after the Poland game. Well, what, and we have to be honest about that Poland match, too. They get a penalty with one of the greatest strikers in the world, and Memo Cho makes a save on a penalty, which he, by the way, never does. That's why you have to feel optimistic. To, you could have been done to after Ali's the first point, game To here. Ali's point, heading into the World Cup group phase, that's the most important game is the Poland game. We spoke about it. Yeah. You're not out of this tournament because you lost Argentina. I think you would have expected the loss to Argentina. Yeah, if you you're out of this tournament you because points, you didn't get a result versus Poland. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. They did enough against Saudi Arabia. They didn't do enough in the two games prior. That includes Poland. It also includes Argentina. It, that, what I did know you expect you them to get out of Argentina before the group even started, before the, the tournament even kicked off? What was that for you? Was it an L or was it a tie? In 2014, what nobody was thought they today? would get anything against Brazil. They what got a tie. It, what was it today? What did you bet? Nobody thought they would get what anything against Germany. We budgeted nothing against Germany in 2018. What did you expect, Seba? Mexico in the group phase is different than Mexico in the knockout is rounds. Is it? Yes. Is it? Where and they had at? they played the way they Where played today they against at? Argentina, I think it's a vastly different story in that game. And we're having a vastly different conversation today. Okay. <laughs>
That's right. a lot of ifs and buts. Now, there. listen, we're going to leave those guys to it. They'll no doubt be arguing into the night. <laughs> it's will. always great Who to will. have them with us. And it is a great show to catch every evening uh, on ESPN Plus Football Americas. And they'll leave no doubt be talking about Christian Pulisic, who was diagnosed with a pelvic contusion. His status is day to day. But there is a lot of optimism that he will be back to face the Netherlands in that last 16 crucial clash coming up on Saturday. We're going to find out more about this now with our Sam Borden. It is time for our camp report, brought to you by Modelo. The music could be heard from at least one level up at the U.S. Team Hotel early Wednesday morning as the American players celebrated their win over Iran that sends them into the knockout rounds, a game against Netherlands on Saturday upcoming. At the heart of the celebrations, of course, the game-winning goal scorer, Christian Pulisic. He's done it again, he's done it again. Um, he brings a lot to the team, uh, great guy off the field, very good, nice guy. And then on the field, uh, everyone, everyone sees his brilliance. Um, he's there at the right time, at the right space. <laughs> we're very happy that uh, he's my teammate, very happy. Um, I always get to learn from him and he's a great, great guy. What do you think you guys will need to do to have success against the Netherlands? Yeah, I feel like um, we have to keep growing every game, so uh, which we have been doing, and now we have to grow for the next game. You know, um, every game we learn new things in this competition. Uh, no one's, not none of us, apart from you know some people have, have played this competition. So that's the key thing. Like every day, get better. Every game, get better. Now the attention turns to Saturday, and the biggest question, of course, is the status of Pulisic. He left the game at halftime, went to the hospital, had x-rays done, and was diagnosed with what the team is calling a pelvic contusion. He's listed as day-to-day, but Weston McKenney told the media that when Pulisic spoke to the team from the hospital, he told them, you best believe I'll be playing on Saturday. In Doha, Sam Borden, ESPN. Thank you, Sam. Just a reminder that ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. Looking at the odds now for that game on Saturday, USA facing the Netherlands. Netherlands, who took seven points from nine in Group A, <coughs> the US, bless you, conceded just one goal. So, Ali Moreno, how do you see this going for Greg Berhalter's men? The easy pick would be Netherlands, and it's the obvious choice. Although we haven't seen the very best of the Netherlands just yet. In fact, it's a team that has been largely underwhelming. Some had picked the Netherlands as maybe an outside chance to win the whole thing. The way they have been playing, I don't think so. They're still so very limited in the attack. So if you were going to play one of the big boys, if we consider the Netherlands one of the big boys, and if you are USA, I think you don't mind playing the Netherlands right now at this moment. I think you feel like you have an opportunity. Doesn't mean that you're going to beat them, but you're not playing the Netherlands at their very best, which then gives you an opportunity to do some of the things that you've been doing through the midfield and then get just enough productivity in the attack and maybe, just maybe, you're able to pull this one out. I'm still speaking the Netherlands, though. You nearly convinced me there. Um, listen, I, I think from the US, you, you, you're playing with house money at this point. Given, given how the, the group stage went, um, it's a team, again, talking about the, the Dutch and, and not having that out-and-out striker, you know, not having that, that regular goal scorer, the same criticism for, for the U.S. To the point that Christian Pulisic, who made all the difference for them against, uh, against Iran, 
is a doubt and, and I, I know exactly what he's saying that he'll be there on Saturday I'm just less sure right now and then given everything that's happening or not as the case may be with Gio Reyna without Christian Pulisic <laughs> exactly um, I, I, I just don't see how, how it comes and while the US have been good defensively just con conceding just the one goal for a penalty so have the Dutch but they have been underwhelming all being said, though, I think the Dutch have the better players, more concerns, injury concerns for, for, for the US, Eileen, the Netherlands as well. But it looks as though confidence and belief is running high in this young US yeah, squad. You want Frank to pick <laughs> oh, yeah. who you don't want to yeah. win. Whoever you don't want to win, that's who you want Frank okay. to have. Yeah. Okay, let's be neutral then. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there is a Frank curse, never mind the Drake curse, it's the yeah, Frank yeah, curse now. Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry for the uh, uh, American viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, United States have a big chance to go through because of the spirit that they had against uh, Iran. And I think if they keep on thinking that way, and they keep on thinking that's, that's the game of, the, of, of their lives, they can go through. On the Dutch side, I would say that if they can put a bigger physical aspect of their games, they're going to trouble the U.S. Uh, US uh, national team. So it's going to be it's going to be tough. Now it's a knockout uh, round, and and uh, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to be the fitness of each players. Uh, but as Shaka said, if you take talents individually, you will put Netherlands favorites. But in football, you just always have to prove it. Well, w was I neutral no, enough? No, but is there a pick? We need a pick. No, no, we, no, we, no we you won't. You won't. <laughs> you won't. I don't want to put it's the curse. curse death. <laughs> he already put the curse on Denmark. He had them going all the way to the final and winning it. Yeah. Winning it. Oh. Well, Against that, Canada in the final. That is, How did that work? <laughs> that is not Canada? going to happen. Because <laughs> they were I didn't say which World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's not this one. <laughs> it was a stunning result from Australia. They have made it through to the knockout stages of the World Cup for the first time in 16 years after that shock. 1-0 win over Denmark. The Danes needed a win to qualify. They did not get that. Australia finishing second in Group D on six points behind France. Here are the wonderful scenes in Melbourne, Australia after that historic qualification through to the last 16. Wonderful stuff. Lecky's goal, the difference for the side on the day. And what a story it is. We have our first big surprise of the groups. We knew they'd be one. Who knew it would be Australia? So there we go. Wonderful scenes there, Jan. Great stuff for Australia, hey? Great stuff for them. And at the time, there was 4 o'clock in the morning, I think, in Melbourne, where we saw some of the... The jubilation some half of the australians wouldn't have seen a game waking up to a breakfast knowing that they are in, in the next stage but i don't think it's it's a big big shock that this danish team is out sorry frank i don't think you uh <laughs> you're, you're you haven't done your homework uh, because first of all first of all coming from, sorry a... but coming from a norwegian you know i have that <laughs> exactly that, that's that's my neighbor uh, denmark is my neighbor but if you see, they have seven or eight strikers and they've scored 16 goals among them, seven. So they don't have strikers. I would say that at this World Cup so far, they are, I mean, Qatar has been the, the worst team at this tournament, but Denmark hasn't been far off them from that last position. I've, I've never seen a team place with such, without energy, without will, without passion, without anything. 
And I think they deservedly go home. Thank God there are teams like, like uh, Australia who knows what they can do, who are playing efficient on what they can do, and playing, not playing that, this uh, fissy-fassy thing, going out from the back, play up to the striker, hold the ball, go on counter-attacks. And Denmark be, has been terrible. And we have to all to say a great story coming into this World Cup with Christian Eriksen. What a story. They built up a fantastic team feeling and all the due respect to all the Danish players, how they have done with that and Christian Eriksen coming back. But he's been, he's been not been good, let's put it that way, to, to, and in, a, in a polite way. We haven't seen him. He wasn't there either today. And at the end, when they needed goal, what did they do? They put Corneliusen on who is one of the best headers around. So what do they do? They keep playing the ball at the back. They don't even put a long ball up to Corneliusen and work for the second ball. So the Danish, just go home to Denmark. You can join Norway in the Conference League. That is okay. Just go home. Okay, listen, in fairness to Frank, not, maybe he was a little over-optimistic on Denmark, but they had that remarkable run wait, in wait, Euro 2020. Wait, wait, they went wait, wait, to the wait, semis. Well, maybe he was a little over-optimistic. In the Nations League, they beat France home that, and that, away. That's the thing I wanted to go to. Uh, Seb explained that Mexico maybe didn't play the same <laughs> thing during the, the, the qualification stages uh-huh. to, to, the, to the World Cup. But what I saw from Denmark, it, it's, not, it's not randomly that I decided to think that Denmark could win the World Cup and, and get married maybe to the Little Mermaid, you know, uh, within a month from now in Denmark. But really, it, it was... I thought... Was so does, how does, how does yeah. Ariel make the broadcast? No, I really thought through. I saw Denmark playing completely differently when they play against France and being able to cope with all the big strikers that they have and the, the, the front line that they have and being strong enough to also offer something offensively. What we saw during that World Cup are three horrendous games with nothing yeah. to offer offensively, with uh, some holes somewhere, ev- or almost everywhere defensively. You had nobody except maybe Peter, um, Peter no, uh, Schmeichel, mm-hmm. Kasper Schmeichel, you know, in goals trying to do his best. But that was it. And that's so appalling what I saw from Denmark. You know, people kept on calling me and I said, well, do you know what I know? They betrayed me. Well, no, that's not the case. They, betra- <laughs> they betrayed themselves. They betrayed themselves, really, because that's not at all what I was expecting from them. They finished bottom of the group and they scored only one goal in three games, LA. And Jan made the point there that this team looked lifeless, without energy, without urgency. And if there was one thing that we appreciated from this group from the Euros was... That they play with energy, that they play with intensity, that they play with urgency, and all that following what we saw with Christian Eriksen on the field and that whole story and how that group came together and what a beautiful and wonderful story was, inspirational story. You may have thought, logically speaking, Frank, that they would be able to carry that momentum into the World Cup. Man, they could not be any more disappointed because they could be playing right at this moment, still and they wouldn't score a goal. Mm. They never, ever, ever looked like they were anywhere near scoring a goal. They never looked like they had any interest in scoring a goal. They never looked like they had any interest in being part of this competition any further. That's why they're home. They're gone. You know what? At least... I didn't change my mind after the first game. <laughs> oh. At least. Well, you, don't start trying uh, to deflect it now, Frank. You should have. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm stubborn. <laughs> okay. So, Denmark, did, did, go on, Jan. Now, just think I have to defend Frank because when he's talking about the little mermaid, you're thinking of the Disney mermaid. 
But Frank, <laughs> to be fair to him, he's thinking of the mermaid outside Copenhagen. Yes. So, uh, uh, Frank, right. we have to oh. tell the American viewers that, don't we? So at <laughs> least you got right on that spot. <laughs> yeah, okay, just to be good. clear, I wasn't thinking of any mermaid. I had no idea where, where Frank was well, going. Well, let's okay. say that from the fairy tale, they went to from, nightmares. From one feel-good fairy tale to another, then. Mm. Australia, the yeah. story, though, oh. today. Yes. Yeah, let's, listen, for as critical as we can be, and rightly so, of Denmark, I think you have to give credit to Australia. Mm. Because in the yeah. first round that we were talking about Jan killing of, of Saudi Arabia, of Japan, Australia against France, was the definition of men against boys. And, and I feared for Australia in, in the balance of, of, of the tournament. Yet they put together a performance, and I have to give credit again to, to my man, the man Suta, and, and the, the, the central defender for, for the Australians, and Matt Ryan in goal for them, who were absolutely outstanding on the day for them against Tunisia. And they continue that again uh, to today. And, and credit to them for the way they responded because that could not have been easy after France, because it really was, it really was men against boys, as, as I put it. So, four o'clock in the morning, they deserve to celebrate. That team has earned it. They've earned their right to be in the second round. And fair play Thanks. to Matthew Leckie, doing exactly what he had to do, Ale, putting the finish on that counter-attack. And, and so here's the difference between what we saw from Australia and what we have seen from Poland. Right? Both teams have sovereign pressure. But at the very least, Australia, when they did get the ball, they were looking for an outlet. They were looking for an opportunity for them to actually go on the counter. And Lecky does so very well in understanding, okay, I have my position, my body position where it needs to be. I'm going to shift it to the, to the inside first. Now I have the defender dancing a little bit. I take him back to the outside. But now you have to put that final touch. So as good as the first touch was, as good as the little dip of the shoulder was, as good as the run was, the finish is what matters, and that was perfect. And it was in a perfect moment as well, because at that point it felt like, well, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a sign of life for Denmark, and that just said, no, there's no life for Denmark. Australia, well-deserved. They scored a goal. They know who they are. They attack the way that they want to attack, and they take advantage of the few opportunities they do create. one nothing. See you guys later. And one thing I can always rely on my good friend Alexis Nunes is to find where the party is at. Oh, Here yep. she is in Qatar with some ecstatic Australia fans. Out of the group stages for the first time since 2006. How are we feeling? Oh, it's unbelievable. I was a kid last time I saw this happen. Yeah, it's amazing. Did you expect this, though? Of course. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, were you kind of surprised? Not at all. We knew they were going to win. After their first or their last round against Tunisia, we knew they had it in them. So yeah, we were. I was quite surprised, actually. <laughs> I was. After we got flogged by France, we were. We thought, oh yeah, this is not going to go very well. But yeah, the Aussie spirit's about fighting, and we're fighters, and and that's what we did, you know. It's a long way to come. Did you actually plan to stay past the group stages? Uh, no, no, but we might have to change things up tonight. Have to rebook our hotel. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you guys feeling? <laughs> 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 Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Yeah. And your prize is now Argentina. Oh, God. Aussie, Aussie, There'll be a lot more talk about that as it comes up, but a massive congratulations to Australia. What an achievement to make it to the round of 16. Elsewhere in Group D, Tunisia beat France 1-0. The French Uh-oh. had already qualified, so Tunisia's win didn't count for much given Australia's victory. But nevertheless, it was a historic win. Wabi Kazri with the only goal of the game. Antoine Griezmann did have a last gas goal disallowed. France will be facing Poland next. Now, there was changes today, obviously, France. Uh, Frank, France were already <laughs> yeah, yeah. But do you have any concerns at all? For, who who did you pick side? to win this game? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's get that first. Who do you pick to win this? <laughs> well, I cheer for France. <laughs> So, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Really, uh, Didier Deschamps made 10 changes, I think, uh, and it's only fair because he had nothing to to get from that game. Uh, He was sure to finish and to go through and to to finish first. So, we were all comfortable, but overall, I have to say that credit to a Tunisian team. They, They deserve to win. Uh, it's only when Didier Deschamps decided to substitute some players and put uh, Griezmann, Mbappe uh, back and uh, Rabiot that they had, everything changed. And the last 20 minutes were absolutely fantastic from France. We had a goal disallowed, so if, uh, France are claiming that uh, it's, uh, it's still on because I think. Oh, but it didn't a... matter. The game didn't, didn't matter, matter. But we want that goal anyway. Yeah, we want that goal. <laughs> we, want, we want to replay the game. I don't know, whatever. But uh, it was a. Interesting game to see, because I always say that all the Maghreb t- countries, the way they play, they're kind of Brazilians. I mean, uh, I love Kazri. Kazri, when he plays for, for Saint-Etienne, I mean, that guy is a real artist. Like, we see ma- many uh, uh, Maghrebian players playing, you know, they, they have real fantastic talents. Uh, and it's n- never easy to, uh, to, to, to play against uh, those national teams. And Tunisia proved uh, their power. Um, well, unfortunately, they, they, they go back home, but they, ha- they did what they had to do. Yeah, well, it is France against Poland next. Uh, Poland, well, who we've had such glowing I'm going to cheer today. for Poland! <laughs> <laughs> Jan is still with us. How do you see that matchup going then after what we saw from Poland today, Jan? Well, that is a rhetoric question, isn't it? I mean, uh, if we see it from there, it would be a, be a great France win uh, against them. Uh, I think it is... This is a great draw for France. They will have their players back. Uh, they look fantastic going forward with Theo on the left side from defense coming forward. They look so organized at the back and I don't think this Tunisian game will do anything to them. There could be play- people who say it is unfair doing nine changes or whatever they did. 
because there are some, this game didn't matter to France, but it could have mattered for someone else. But I mean, that is just a part of the tournament. That is their right. They've earned the right to do that, France. Mm -hmm. and, and they did. So I think this will be an easy win for France. Any predictions from you for this game, Ali? <laughs> After what I've said about Poland, I don't feel that uh, I can now change my opinion. <laughs> it's like all right. does. It's all right. No, no, no. I, I think this is very straightforward. I haven't seen any evidence from Poland that they're going to do anything that France cannot deal with defensively. Because even if you have Lewandowski, it's Lewandowski against the world, essentially. There are no outlets for Poland. Even when they try to release pressure, they're unable to find those outlets. So it's going to be France all the time. France, 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 France. <laughs> Eventually, Mbappe, Griezmann, Giroud, somebody's going to score. And Poland just simply has no answers for that. Meanwhile, things are not so golden for the golden generation of Belgium. They have a must-win game tomorrow against Croatia. And we did see a very tense press conference from Roberto Martinez ahead of this one. There's been some reports from French media, from the Belgian media, which he said is fake news. Now you got some outlets in Belgium that they are quite happy to jump on fake news. That's quite astonishing. So I think it's made the, the, the group more aware that the least that you listen to the noise to the outside, the better. Um, a World Cup is, a, is the biggest sporting event in the world and there are many World Cups getting played. And you can see that maybe a country like France uh, did a very good job with a story that it became the main talking point of some outlets in Belgium that it, 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 it shows you that maybe there is more desire to find negative news about around this team rather than really get the nation together, support this team, enjoy the talent of the best generation that we ever had in Belgian football. So Belgium's hopes are hanging in the balance. It's France's fault? <laughs> no. Well, he says that they're seeking to disrupt, oh. disrupt the harmony in the camp. But there have been obviously some differing and interesting reports outside of things from the French media and from the Belgian media. That's what he's referring to there. But when it comes to the pitch and what needs to be done, Belgium have to beat Croatia tomorrow. Can they do it? Can they progress, Ali? <laughs> I suppose they can. And... Uh... I think the question for me is, are we going to see the best version of, say, for example, Kevin De Bruyne, who, quite frankly, he himself, and I'm not talking about anybody else in this team, I'm talking about him and what we see from him on a weekly basis with Manchester City, as compared to what we've seen right now with Belgium, not the same player. So he needs to raise his level of play. And I can say that about just everybody else in that team as well. The big decision is going to be what happens within Hazard. And... I don't know how this is a player that actually helps you on the field right now. Hasn't been helping Real Madrid for years now. And somehow it was going to be a miracle for him to step into the World Cup stage and be good for Belgium. I just don't see it happening. And so that's a big decision that, that Roberto Martinez is going to have to make. And then they're going to have to get Romelu Lukaku on the field and get actual productivity from him. But Shuaji is busy. He runs around. But he just doesn't quite have the quality for that final touch with consistency. It has to come from Lukaku. So he's going to have to have a big game for them. Having said all that, I do believe that Belgium get out of the group. I, sometimes these controversies, they either blow a team up or they bring you together. And if there's no truth to this controversy, then it's going to bring the team together. If you're a Belgian fan, 
you're hopeful that that's what happens on the field. Yeah, the French definitely know about all these controversies and warring within the camp and how to still play good football. Now, we know Canada are definitely not progressing. Oh. They were also hit. <laughs> how come? And, you know, Belgium can draw, but they would need Canada to win by four or more goals against Morocco, which is why it's pretty much a must-win for Belgium. Yeah. So, so, this group, Belgium, can they do it? Oh my God! I will. I was. Uh, uh, Ali was saying, you know, of course they can do it. Of course they have the talent to uh, to do it, but it's really up to the coach to decide who's gonna who's who has to play and who's gonna be on the field. You know, stop the shushu, stop the favorites. <laughs> you know, pick the right team. You know, pick the people who can change something for that team. We know that uh, they lost the link, uh, which made them, you know. Getting all together, working all together. We saw the, the, the controversy coming from De Bruyne, the answer from Vertonghen. They have to stop that. They have to find something, you know, where they can fight together and be, uh, be linked again. Uh, yes, I think individually they're better than Belgium. Uh, but Croatia, they, they, they get the experience. We, we underestimate Croatia all the time, I think. And they, they are the finalists of the last World Cup. So I don't believe that it could be a reaction for Belgium. So I will go with Croatia and Morocco. Oh, did Belgium do it? No, I, I, I just don't see it. Listen, I, I think Canada will make a lot of changes to, to their starting eleven. Uh, Morocco win, even regardless of that, which means that Belgium have to beat Croatia. And they have offered nothing in this tournament to suggest that they, that they can do that. It's all about whether Croatia show up and everything at stake. Um, I, I just don't see how Croatia somehow conspired to, to lose this. Yeah. Just a sort of reminder, Frank just picked Croatia. That's right. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. That's a very good a point. Just <laughs> that's very good, yes. Yeah. So, so, no, no. I changed my mind. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Again, of course. <laughs> Jan, Belgium, do they do it? Not can they do it, do they do it? Well, Shakespeare said there was something wrong in the kingdom of Denmark, and he was right on that one, but it's certainly <laughs> something wrong in the kingdom of Belgium as well. And, mm. uh, and I think that the big... We talk, we, I hear about this golden generation. We heard that in Germany. We heard that in England. But the golden generation getting old as well. And I, I heard Seb talking about the Mexican national coach being too loyal to some players, giving them the last dance and... Uh, I got that feeling from Belgium now because when you come to a World Cup, this is a highlight for any player to play there at the end of your career. And I, I think if, if Martinez picked the players in form, if he picks a team that he thinks can win and not to someone in the team he got to please, I think that there, there is a chance. But, I, but my pick will, will be Croatia and Morocco. OK, let's turn our attentions to Group E because things are very interesting there, very finely poised as well. Now, Japan's loss to Costa Rica and Germany's late equaliser versus Spain last time out made it so interesting and kept Germany's hopes alive. It is all to play for. Spain are guaranteed to qualify with a win or a draw against Japan. They'll win the group. If uh, or if there's a draw with Costa and they fail to win against Germany, Germany. That was clear. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they will win the group with a win or with a draw if Costa Rica fail to win against Germany. Germany, yes, they are bottom of the group, but they are still very much in contention. Do they make it out of the group, Jan? Well, first of all, I think it's interesting in Germany they're dancing in the street because they're after two games at two points behind Costa Rica. I think that is interesting for a big football nation. Uh, but 
there is a lot of thing going on there as well. There is, of course, the, the big thing who they're going to pick for the striker position. Now that they have learned that they have to play with the number nine, they have Niklas Fulkrug, who's played for Werder Bremen, who is a late starter, a very late starter in his career. He, he came on and saved them against Spain. And now there is a big debate. Should he play from the start? But as we saw at the table, they, they need goals. They need more than a win. They, they need goals to be more or less uh, have a chance. And they still don't have a chance in Japan and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the Germany is, you know, when they discuss football in Germany, there is all these people who all got something to do with Bayern Munich. It's former Bayern Munich player playing for Bayern Munich. There are journalists who love Bayern Munich. So when you pick your team, you have to pick, pick a lot of Bayern Munich players. And so now they're discussing how can they keep Fulkrug on the bench to get him on as a joker. I think that Germany will do well if they put Fulkrug in there. They need a number nine to play off. Gnabry has been weak. They can take him out. I, I would have kept Müller in there because I think he can score goals. Uh, and I will hope to and pray to God for the Germans that... Leroy Sané could be there from the start because he, he is a player who can take on players and uh, then we'll take it from there. But, but the, the big football nation of Germany, they are in trouble. They are in very much trouble. I know that Costa Rica, if they do a draw with Germany, they can go through as well. So it's a, it's a fantastic uh, uh, basic for the, for the games tomorrow. Ali Moreno is the founding member of the Nicholas Fulkrug mm -hmm. fan club, mm -hmm. and he has been all season, might I add. Yep. So he's obviously very happy to see him in that game. Can Germany get out, Ali? First and foremost, Nicholas Fulkrug must start, not will start, must start for Germany. It, they look such a different team just by having a focal point in the attack, much like Bayern Munich. Uh, yeah. Jan just mentioned Bayern Munich. Yes. Even with Eric Maxine Chupomotin, they look much better because they have a focal point in the attack. So all those guys that played underneath, Jamal Munciara, Leroy Sané, whoever the combination may be, they become far more effective because full crook playing in between the center backs is going to attract attention, allows these guys to run in behind with, with some sort of freedom or to come from deeper positions with freedom as well. So he must start. And yes, Germany, they get out, they beat Costa Rica, and I fear for Costa Rica because I do think that this is when Germany puts it all together given the fact that they need to do it. I see Germany beating Costa Rica big. Germany getting out? I, I, I think so. Listen, I, I think the surprise result of, of this, this group was Japan's loss to Costa Rica, and, and that ultimately will cost them. I, I just don't see Japan beating Spain. And even with a draw, that just means that Germany needs to beat Costa Rica by two for the goal difference to be in, in, in their favour. Beating Costa Rica by two, if the Spain game is anything to go by, is, is as low an ask for Germany as, as probably they, they could hope for, given the way the, the first game went. Um, and I think they get it. I, I'm, I'm just not at all convinced by, by Costa Rica, despite that Japan, Japan result. Um, and Germany don't need to be great. They just need to be a little bit better than Costa Rica. I think they get it done. Uh, I will go back to my prediction, you know, table, <laughs> where I put Costa Rica going through. So I have to cheer for Germany <laughs> in order to get a result. No, seriously, I think, uh, I think it's gonna, we're going to see the wake-up call of Germany uh, against that team. It can, it can be very difficult for, for Costa Rica at the end of the game, you know, um, because I feel that, uh, yeah, full crew mm, yeah. uh, deserve to win, and it will do, and, um, and we'll score. And uh, uh, hopefully, you know, for, for Germany, they, they're going to they're gonna get out and, uh, and carry on in that World Cup. 
Well, we're going to make me, you know, losing another uh, <laughs> fantastic team with Costa Rica. Sorry, sorry. You're under rule. You're under rule. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, Germany. I don't know what that is. I have the confidence of everybody, but Frank included doesn't bode well for you. Join us tomorrow to find out how things go and if the Frank curse will continue. ESPN FC is available daily, 6 p.m. Eastern, every single day on ESPN+. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, We are answering your questions next on Extra Time, and we have some nice ones as well, so make sure you stick around. Extra Time is coming up. We will also be back tomorrow on FC to look back on what happens in that room. (laughs) (laughs) FC Extra Time on ESPN FC is brought to you by Globant. All right. Do you want to know which of you is my favorite? Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because we might actually trip and break our leg on exactly. the way out of the studio. Yeah, you never your favorite. So I hope it's so, not me. I tell you, you made a good choice with those pants today. <laughs> well, they're white. You know, don't eat spaghetti and tomato sauce in those, Frankie. Uh, That's a nice. Yeah, well. <laughs> You know, it would have been better pre-Labor Day, but those are nice. Well, you know, you know well, that's a style. <laughs> that's, well, that's the rule, right? You can't wear white after Labor Day. Well, oh, really? Frank doesn't Apparently. believe in rules. Oh, really? Yeah, well, you know, some people rules. wear shorts to restaurants I never had well, Le- Labor Day, you know, I never had in here. What is, that? What is, what is Labor Day? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm French. <laughs> he is French. And he is Frank LeBeouf, Ali Moreno, Shaggy Hislop and Kay Murray. This Very is French. Extra Time. We've also got Yan Agafiotov <laughs> with us answering your questions. So nobody, we, nobody's perfect. He was was referring to the Frank curse. He picked Canada and Denmark to go pretty far in the World Cup, and we know that both of them are already out of the World Cup. So Uh be afraid, be very afraid if Frank LeBoff picks you for anything. Yeah, you know what? I think I start to see the link of it. It's the red teams. Uh And it's it's come from my time in the Premier League, where I made sure that winning against Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester United, Manchester United, Middlesbrough. Right. Yeah, that's what it is. It's all we about the red, the red color. At I least, thought, at least he counted us as the Premier League. Well, I thought, I thought you were gonna somehow mm. bring a connection to reflexology again. 
No, nothing to do I about don't. that. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I try to do. No, no, it must be the red color. You know? Okay. You know the bull when he see the red color. My name is Lebeuf, means the bull, kind of. You know. I yeah. thought it was the beef. The, oh. Yeah, well, something like that. But uh, let's say I'm a wild beef. You know? And when he's in the arena, he see the the red color and he goes for it because he wants red, to, bull. Uh, red bull. Red uh, bull. Exactly. All right. Listen. Red cards are dangerous, okay. but so are yellow cards when it comes to the fair yes. play rule. And yeah. that's where our first question will start tonight. If yellow cards did end up coming into play to decide if Argentina or Mexico advanced to the knockout stage, would that be fair? Or what options do you think would be more fair? Given your history with rule making in Ooh. football, I'm going to come to you on this, Shaka. I, I, I think it's, it's as fair as you can hope for in this kind of competition. We've got goal difference, goal scored, head to head, and then and then fair play. I, I, I mean, I've heard um, have a replay, and that doesn't make any sense. In, what? Exactly. Yeah. That doesn't make any kind of sense in, 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 in this kind of tournament with, with games coming as thick and fast as they are. I've heard, well, let them have a penalty shootout. You can't just call two teams from the hotel. Hey, stick your boots on. We're gonna have a penalty shootout. It would be fun though. It, 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 my very well. As long as it wasn't mine. But it, it just it don't make, it doesn't make any sense. And then I understand the thinking behind it. In that you're trying to stamp out hard fouls in the game, etc. So the team that um, commits the least of those is rewarded. I I just but, don't see what else makes more sense. But, but it but there was an option today, Kay. Uh, if the they could, it was minus seven. Uh, for Mexico and was minus five for Poland. So they could be both minus seven if they come another couple of yellow cards for Poland. Then the first, we checked it out straight away and I was I was calling around. Then they said the FIFA executive committee was supposed to do it. I mean, <laughs> average age 89, so that would be a bad thing. But then at the end, it's going to be the FIFA organization committee. Imagine after the game today, they were equal on everything and there's some FIFA guys and Infantino with his white shoes are going to do this draw somewhere in a in a hotel suite in Doha. I mean, that was that would be unbelievable. When was that supposed to be done? I mean, I, that wasn't 100% clear. We, at the end there, there was a possibility that that may be, be the end of, well, to get the second team going out of that group. I, I thought it was a coin toss after that. Huh. Yeah, no. Coin. Yeah. No? A coin, draw. yeah, but a coin. But is the organization committee going right. to do it? And Infantino's white shoes after Labor Day? Yeah. Uh, well, unacceptable. Well, it's, right it's not frowned upon in other places. The French? <laughs> also French? Well, we can play the Russian roulette as well, you know. I'm going right, to come. I'm going to come in the studio wearing white, just, just to support Frank. All right, Ale and Jan, who takes Argentina's next crucial penalty? Ale. Lionel Messi. <laughs> and the one after that will be Lionel Messi. And the one after that will be Lionel Messi as well. Who else is going to take a penalty there and who else is going to take the ball away from Lionel Messi? That's the part. If Lionel Messi grabs the ball and gives it to somebody else and says, look, I'm not feeling it, that's a different story. But as long as Lionel Messi has the ball in his hands, no chance. That's his choice. That, yep. really that's, Messi's choice. That's crazy. Yeah. I played with top, top players. They've never been the, take, the, the penalty takers. Never. It's not because you're the, the, the celebrity or the top player that you have to take the penalty on. You know, I mean, it's, if somebody is better than you, you know, you have to let it go. And uh, um, I remember Platini was shooting the penalty, but, uh, but I'm pretty sure that you have some teams where, you know, it wasn't the, the best player. Well, yeah, the best player was taking it. Because it doesn't mean anything. It's something completely different than football. I've, I've, for me. I've often but, heard but that 
I'm uh, sorry, sorry, Jan. I've often heard that no, it's the least smart player on the team makes the best penalty take. <laughs> are you? Are you? Are you? Are you <laughs> Should you say that for me again? Oh, well, what was your penalty record, Frank? <laughs> I think I missed, I scored more than 50 penalties in my career. Hey. Yeah, when hey. you're stupid, you know, you don't think too much. <laughs> you <laughs> score penalties. <laughs> I think I, I, missed, I missed four or five. Uh, yeah, and does Messi take the next penalty if they get one? Well, first of all, we have to see on the FIFA rule that they were supposed to give Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi one penalty each. So that is over now. They have given them. <laughs> so so, so th th that, is, that is done. Yes, uh, he will do that. Uh, and, and as for penalty, it's quite interesting because I think as a striker, it's waste to give goals to defenders. Having said that, I remember Frank LeBeuf. He was one of the great penalty takers in, in that generation uh, and our generation. You also had Mat Mathieu Letizia Eric Cantona yep. and English football who were great on that. And if I may say, I got one hat-trick in the Premier League and I had two penalties. So, uh, but, I, but I was bad at penalties, uh, but, but I was lucky there. I always say that, you know, it's a, with Dan, it's a, sometimes, you know, a challenge that we have, you know, when the, the, the foul is made on you, I always say, you know, don't take the penalty. And again today, it was a case of somebody else last time. I think it was maybe a Kane, maybe I don't remember, but somebody was uh, fouled and, and, and got the penalty and missed it. If you are, especially if you are not, because you've been smashed in the face like Messi has been, you know, supposedly in a hard time enough to give a, to give a, to give a penalty, you, you don't take it. Because you're not 100% full of your power, energy, whatever uh, Kevin has to shoot a penalty. World Cup coaches don't listen to a word that he says. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll absolutely miss the penalty. And if, if you believe in this sort of stuff, the connections between this Argentina team and the 1990 Argentina team continue to happen. Because that team lost their first game just like this team did. In that team, Maradona missed a penalty in that World Cup as well, and so did Messi. Oh, no, we Doesn't it go even further back with Kempes? Call it off now. Now we are talking about. it goes even further back with Kempes as well. Oh, yeah, well, we are talking about science. Kempes. No, hold on a second. You're going to look down upon this after reflexology? You're going to look down upon this? Reflexology has nothing to do with magic. You know? Well, it sounds a lot like talking about. You try to find a link to a real the Argentina. They're going to win the World Cup because something happened like this. I said, if you believe in this sort of thing. Oh, yeah. If you believe. Do you believe? No, but if you. Yeah. I just threw it out there. That's oh, all, yeah. Frank. Uh, Don't get defensive. <laughs> let's let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Ale, do you give the Socceroos any chance against Argentina? I <laughs> uh, know. No. All right. No, I don't. That answers that one. Sorry. I, I love the soccer rules, but no, I don't. All right. Well, if you're Argentina, oh. like the biggest Jap uh, um, Saudi Arabia. Okay. So, so okay, go ahead. Are you are you picking Australia? No, 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 no. I'm not picking anybody <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I want to watch. For all. My Danish friend Elsa, who has her birthday today, happy birthday Elsa, happy birthday. Yes, thinks Frank's support for Denmark was motivated by the fact he wanted to shift the winner's curse from France to Denmark. Mm. She feels Frank's curse ruined her birthday. How far, <laughs> how far Frank's out-of-the-box prediction was from the box? Uh, Just to be clear, Elsa, Frank has ruined many a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and not only in Denmark. Liberty to discuss, uh, but you're not alone. Carry on, Frank. Yeah, yeah thank you very much. I would say that I agree with until the, almost the last sentence. You know, uh, I didn't cut you know uh, anything for to ruin the birthday. <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe in subconsciously, I curse Denmark to make sure France will go through. No, no, really not. Really not. Again, I explain everything about that. No, I really thought they would do better. Um, they betrayed me. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? But, but de Denmark, on, Denmark, Denmark cursed themselves, I think. But uh, to the to the curse and the tip for Denmark, it was away, so away from the box that Denmark strikers were away from the box through all the World Cup. So I don't think we should blame Frank on all on that. Uh, but uh, happy birthday, Elsa. I think the Danish, they are quite good in some other sports. Uh, football, they're not good at at the moment. Oh, all right. Wow. So I don't just dig it in even more on Elsa's birthday. <laughs> so happy birthday, Elsa. You, Elsa. You, have to, you have to understand this. You have to understand it when France, Fran France, Frank, Frank yeah. is having a go at Germany <laughs> that is based on the history. And when I am having a go at Denmark, it's based on our history. I love Danish as the brothers, but you always want to beat your brother. Yeah. All right. I agree. It's Frank. Easy. easy. Now, so, happy birthday, Elsa. Happy birthday, Oh, Elsa. yeah, that's the main thing, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 whatever you Apologies can for Frank. <laughs> as happy as possible. <laughs> Sorry about that. Frank, now that both Canada and Denmark are out... Yeah. Who I'm going to cheer for? Can I just... Frank, now that both Canada and Denmark are out... Yeah, yeah, carry on, carry on. Can you pick the Netherlands to win on Saturday? Uh -huh. I'm trying to see something. <laughs> I, we talked about that. I said I will try, try to stay neutral. But let's go for it because we have American viewers. Yeah, yeah I think Netherlands are better. I think they're going to win. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and there it is. This is from you, Shaka. And there it is. <laughs> did, did oh, my God. Sir Shaka. Uh, yes, but Frank took over my curse. <laughs> He's much better at it than me. You, you've been intronized? <laughs> much better what? than me. Intronized, Sir Shaka Hislop? Yeah. Well, oh, well. well, this is the same Shaka Hislop that has a studio, a TV studio yeah. named after him in Qatar. Yeah. We found out today. An actual fact. Uh -huh. really. The ESPN Shaka Hislop the, Studios. The guy is a shushu of somebody yes. here right now. <laughs> somebody <laughs> in this company loves, loves that guy. Shaka. He's going to be out there next week. You should see the conditions that he'll be flying in. Oh. He's going to have people peeling grapes for him. Oh. He's going to be getting reflexology. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Do that in the ear. If he didn't say anything, he knows. All right, to all, did you change your mind yet about the Winter World Cup? It looks like it's going to be one of the most exciting tournaments. I always say that. I always say that. I said that at the end of the competition, every domestic competition in Europe, uh, for the most, the players are tired. Okay, they have a um, time of, to prepare the World Cup, to, uh, to rest a little bit and to prepare the World Cup. But I say we are in the right time for the players to be, uh, to be good. And uh, yeah, you have some injuries for sure. But I really feel that uh, they don't travel too much as well, which is not going to be the case next World Cup. Yeah, in they, this World Cup, in this World Cup, they don't travel a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I really think that they started the, the competition, the domestic competition in August, I would say, July, August. So it's like four months after you have a World Cup. You are normally, normally, mm -hmm. uh, fit uh, in a good in a good shape. Yeah, yeah but it won't happen season. again. It won't happen again. Why? No, no do you because know it that? won't happen. Because it won't happen again. Because 
the clubs and the federations they will try to protect their competitions and they will take it back to the and the league the big league owners they will not allow this to happen again this uh, world cup is picked in the winter it's funny what we talk about the winters because this is a world cup i'm, I'm sure there are some places in the world that are summer now but this is based on our mm. winter so let's put it that way but but still i i cannot see that uh, the big leagues uh, and especially the, the big five leagues will accept that their players will go to World Cup during winter to be a bit serious. I, I'm, I have no chance to see that happening. Yes, I follow your arguments, Frank. I think that we have overdone that. That is so bad for the players because it could be, it's worse for the players after a long season. I, I take that point, but I can't see that happening again. He also said that Denmark and Canada were going to be good in this tournament, Frank. So it's hard to believe you these days. Yeah, I have no credit whatsoever no. anymore. <laughs> so. And especially now you've worn white jeans today, Ali. What's wrong with the white jeans? I wasn't told. Nice. Speaking ripped. of white jeans. And they're ripped. Yeah, yeah because Speaking I'm having a hard time, you know, right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's to be ripped. For Kay, what is your take oh. on this? Oh, oh. Well, what is that? What is this? On what? This. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh! 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 oh. oh. When your model, he, said, oh. he had white jeans on as well. Of course he did. But it's oh. the middle of the summer. Uh, this is do my we, net. Do we know the stadium or not? We don't know. Oh. Nobody else has it. It's just a, a small known stadium. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, so everything name, is. Name the Santiago Everything Bermeo. was small. Everything was small at the day. <laughs> this is not your net. It's my net. Yeah. Have you seen that? And the, have you seen the face? Oh. You know that's. Oh. My take on it is that the reason you guys have all got access to that picture is because. Of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Congrats, you know. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kate. There she is. Thank you, Kate. Dad and I, we, we have a great friendship. We had the cake, too. Do we have the what? The cake oh, with yeah, the picture. Oh, yeah, the birthday on The cake Monday? with the picture. Yeah. yeah. There, there are some caucus from that. Maybe I'll leak a few more. Go on, please. Yeah. Oh, please. Maybe I will. Please Maybe do. Will. Yeah, oh, please. please. Okay, was he the one that turned in the picture of you as an 11-year-old supporting oh, England? Yeah, that was fun. Too. That was, I, that. I willingly gave. Oh, you gave that up? Oh my goodness! You know what? True profession. True fandom. All right. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for sending in your questions. Thanks to the guys for answering them, and thanks for getting that picture of Dan Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow yes. to do it all over again. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. 